Hey, welcome. I'm your host, Gregory Ricks, a financial advisor here to answer your questions and help you win with your money. I'm your co-host, James Parker. On today's episode, you're going to learn some pretty sweet loopholes in 529 plans. To go along with this, we have a complimentary download waiting for you. On this topic, go to gregoryricks.com slash podcast 56. This is episode number 56, so it's gregoryricks.com slash podcast 56. Loophole for 529 plans. Could it be a good wealth transfer tool? People tend to think of 529 education savings plans as a nifty way to save and invest tax-free for college or schooling costs. And, and they are. But accountants, estate lawyers, and planners have also said they are flexible estate planning tools that can have utility beyond education spending and cost almost nothing to set up. They could become more valuable as the White House is likely to seek higher taxes to fund expanded government programs. Maybe they shouldn't expand so much, saying. During his campaign, the president proposed chopping the state tax exclusion from its current level of $11.7 million per person if the exemption is lowered to $5 million or even $3.5 million, as some in Congress won't and Biden has suggested. Millions of American families suddenly, they could all of a sudden be looking for ways to reduce their estate taxes. This is where 529 plans come in. Most tactics to reduce size of your estate are irrevocable. Once you've let go of the money, you can't get it back. By contrast, you can change beneficiaries and even owners of 529 plans multiple times. Handled correctly, you could turn your 529 plan into a tax-free money pot that will fund the education of your children, their children, and maybe even generations beyond that. We might could say it's the most underutilized estate planning technique, says Bruce uh, Weininger, a Chicago CPA. It is essentially a revocable, irrevocable gift. I've never Again, seen any. It's, a, it's essentially a revocable irrevocable gift it's something that let's change the wording it's a changeable non-changeable gift how about that that doesn't really help yeah (laughs) okay starting into how they work uh let's see if we can get through this plans are funded with after-tax dollars but all the money taken out including investment gains is tax-free as long as it is spent on qualified education expenses such as tuition, room and board, and books. If the money is used for non-education purposes, you must pay income taxes on the growth and a 10% penalty. You're not taxed on the money that is deemed to be part of your contribution. We're talking about 529 plans and how to maybe look at them differently. Traditionally, what have been Areas to save for children's college education, 529 plans, UGMA accounts, Roth accounts. No, not setting up a Roth account for them, but setting up a Roth account for you. You can use that money for education purposes as well. Neat plan. One of the reasons I like the Roth 
because it's your account. UGMAS, Uniform Gift to Minors Act. You're setting up an account in the child's name, but you're the custodian of the account regarding an UGMA account. Here's the problem with it. I've always found this as a problem. I've always kind of favored the Roth because it's your money, your options. If it doesn't get used, you still have the money going forward. Now, the UGMA, here's the thing. When they, you can put it in the kid's name and when they become age of majority, essentially when they become age 18, it is their money. You said, well, I put it there. I'm the custodian. I dictate. No, you don't because once you do before age 18, but once they become age 18, it is their money and firms are forcing the name change at that point used to it would just kind of could sit there and be idle so to speak without switching over to them well there's been a change and now the financial firms are wanting those accounts changed over so it becomes the child's money and i'll give you a situation i heard about recently is where child became age of majority and the parents were like well that's our money. Yeah, but we have to set up an account to put the money in the child's name. But that's our money. We've already spent that money. We're we're supposed to get that back. Well, you're going to have to set up the account and have your child give you the money back. In some cases, people don't want the kids to know about that money that's put aside for them. I'm sorry, but they're going to know because we have to bring them in. They have to fill out paperwork, set up an account, so that account can be retitled to them. So you understand there's a lot of frustration. And and you might have this money set aside, and the child doesn't want to go in that education direction. They just might like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to work. Well, that money has some problems then. And setting up a 529 plan Actually, you still own the account. The child is the beneficiary. Well, what if that child doesn't use the money? Well, then name another beneficiary. States have their own 529 plans. You can use a plan from a state where you don't live. You don't have to use the 529 plan that of, of the state that you reside in. There may be tax advantages in using your state's plan, and different states have different limits on how much you can contribute. The owner of each 529 plan, usually parents or grandparents, must designate a single beneficiary, but they can easily move money between beneficiaries as long as they are in the same family. You got that? Within the same family. It's absolutely a loophole says leo marty uh, advisor from north carolina you can move money across generations without taxes as long as you don't hit gift tax exclusions now look at this maxing out 529 plans you can contribute up to fifteen thousand, the annual gift tax limit per beneficiary per year to a 529 plan however the law limits each account owner to pay up to Five years. The law permits each account owner to pay up to five years contribution up front without triggering gift taxes. How about that? So that's like what, 60 grand right at the top? How or about that for a loophole? That means a couple between them can contribute up to 150000 
per beneficiary in one swoop, and they can do it for multiple people. There's no limit on 529 plans on how many you can have. A, if you have 10 grandchildren, you can open a 529 account for each grandchild. Else Foster, an advisor over in Colorado, represented a couple who had $13 million in assets and eight grandchildren plus one child in graduate school. They gave $1.35 million between them to various 529 plans, putting the estate below the federal tax exclusion of $11.7 million per person. Whoa, look at that. If his assets rise, the couple will put more money into 529 plans to keep below the limit, Foster said. They can just toggle it, make adjustments as they go. Creating lasting education you know, fund for your family. Here's a fighter pilot, Brian O'Neill of Florida, retired from Air Force last year as a colonel. He and his wife managed to save more than 500000 in 529 accounts funded by military pilot bonuses, regular annual contributions, and gifts from relatives. He has a daughter going to college in 2022, but she probably won't touch the 529 plan money. Her college is going to be paid by GI Bill benefits, which O'Neill has the right to pass on to his child. That's pretty neat. Or she may tap Florida scholarship if she goes to a state school. He has a second daughter, but he thinks she'll end up spending only a small portion of the money. O'Neill predicts his 529 plans eventually will grow to more than $1 million. He thinks they will end up funding the education of his grandchildren or even his great-grandchildren. O'Neill's thinking is that the money is basically there as a family education endowment. If we need it for a crisis, we can access it, but it's going to be a generational educational endowment unless the law is changed to prevent that. If you plan on creating 529 plan that will last generations, you'll need to make provisions to transfer ownership as well. An estate lawyer out of Virginia Beach, has many clients who fund 529 plans for their grandchildren's education. They usually designate the children as successor owners of 529 plans if they die or are incapacitated. Here's some of the things 529 plans can pay for. This will be the last thing I'll touch on. We're going to cover this more in upcoming shows. But Congress keeps approving new tax-free uses for popular savings vehicles. You can now use 529 to pay up to 10000 in student debt. You can use 529s to pay up to 10000 a year towards private elementary or high schools. And you can use a variant of 529 plan to pay for education expenses of special needs students. You can use them to take cooking classes, pay for language classes, or train a new career, train for a new career at accredited institutions. There's even a special exception if your child is awarded a scholarship. In that instance, the child may take out the money equivalent to the scholarship amount from the 529 plan without triggering the 10% penalty, but he or she would owe taxes on the gains. Still, some expenses incurred by students don't pass muster for special status. These include spending it on travel, health care, and personal expenses. We are going to talk more 
about how we can use 529 plans in estate planning going forward. A fresh new look at 529 plans. Regarding loopholes regarding 529 plans. Now, people uh, tend to think of 529 plans as education savings plans. Let's see, getting to how they work. The plans are funded with after-tax dollars, all the money, but all the money taken out, including investment gains, is tax-free as long as it is spent on qualified education expenses. Some examples are tuition, room and board, and books, but they have expanded that quite a bit over the years. If the money is used for non-education purposes, you must pay income taxes on the growth plus a 10% penalty. You are not taxed on the money that is deemed to be a part of your original contribution. So I'm going to throw a loophole here to you. When you tap a 529 plan for non-education expenses, although you won't get the same tax savings, the 529 plans can make financial sense for non-school expenses in certain situations. Suppose you fund a plan for your child and she ends up not using all the money for college. In a period right after she graduates and is now in a low tax bracket, she could withdraw the money and pay taxes on the gains plus the 10% penalty. Considering that the money may have grown tax-deferred in the 529 plan for a couple of decades, that could still be a good deal. Likewise, an affluent couple may contribute money to a 529 plan then suffer a financial crisis. In that particular year, they may be in a low tax bracket and can take money out of the 529 plan without paying much in taxes. Not much in taxes and the 10% penalty turns into being a tax advantage situation to access the money. An advisor over in Minnesota believes more people should tap 529 plans for non-education uses. It's too bad people get swamped. No, wrong word. If It's too bad people get wrapped up in it being called an education account and that 10% penalty, he said. They don't look under the hood and think it through. I like that. Look under the hood. Think think about it differently. And that's kind of going to be our theme is looking that more as an estate planning tool and not just an education. Maybe Yeah, that's, that's one thing you can do with it, but accessing it later in tax advantage situations and passing it on because you can name different beneficiaries and you can change ownership long as it remains within the family of that money. So once again, I'm, I'm, I'm liking these 529 plans more and more for that reason. And considering that uh, taxes are going up may cause you to think a little bit differently about the 529 plans. Ray in Mandeville, you're on Winning It Life with Gregory Ricks. How can we help you, Ray? Hello? Hey, Ray, you're on the show. What's up? Hey, Ray. Hey, um, so my question was with the 529 plans. I have a daughter at SLU, and I have another daughter starting at uh, Baton Rouge Community College. And uh, I was kind of wanting to get an idea can I put money in it for this year? Could I have put money in it for last year or put money in it going forward? Is it income-based? Um, because I am 
paying, obviously, for their, you know, tuition and fees and wanted to see what would be the best route to take to take advantage of 529 plans, you know, if I can still do it, even for the uh, spring semester 2021. So looking for some help with these 529 plans. Yeah, it's never too late to start. The earlier you start, the more money you can save. However, even if you wait until your child, say, is in high school, it's better than not saving there. So if you say save up to the next two years, that will help with books or something. It all adds up. In fact, you can keep contributing to the account while your child is at school. So if you save for four years during high school, another four during college, then you've saved eight years. You have an eight-year investment horizon. And part of what we're talking about, the loopholes and all, and this, this can become a generational thing. You're going to have access. There could be situations in life where you take get to this money. And it is tax-favored, and you can put a pretty good bit away depending on what your capabilities are. I wouldn't, if I was interested in saving and doing that, and and that's why we're taking, we're starting to look. This is an educational account, but it also can be much more. So we're looking at it two ways. There's educational needs. I, I don't like kids having debt. It's We know it's a major problem in this society. And also not that everybody necessarily should be going to college. I'm not raining down on that. I just graduated three from LSU. And we're, we're pumped about what their opportunities and such are. But with that said, they did not graduate with any debt as well but i i'm liking right. this 529 plan and i'm probably going i've got kids finishing with school and i'm going to plan on building 529 plans is there a limit as far as my income is concerned on what i can contribute to the 529 i can't i, I can't answer that for you at this time i don't think there's any income qualifications there is a max amount each year per person per 529 account and i'll look into that we're going to talk more about that on the show upcoming i don't think there is income limits on that it's more about getting money set aside for that purpose but i will address that later on the show as well anything else ray that's it that's it i appreciate it awesome thank you for calling and uh discussing that with me ray Have a great uh, weekend. 40.3% of college graduates aged 22 to 27 are working in jobs in which they are, quote here, underemployed. They're working at a job that typically does not require a college degree. We've talked about this before on the show, James, and, and we've talked about it differently in the past. I didn't take it as underemployed. They're working... 40% of the students are working in fields that are not related to their degree. I don't see that there's a problem with that. Maybe they went to school for one purpose, but they get out and say, you know what, I think I'd rather be doing this. And maybe I didn't need a degree, but I'm being paid more. Could be the case there as well. Here's the big problem we have, as I I was speaking with Ray. 45 million Americans have 1.58 trillion of student loan debt outstanding as of March 31st of this year. A record 
dollar total. And hopefully we can share some ideas that give people incentives to save money. But, you know, when you think about it, like, I don't want to be locked. I want to do a 520, but I don't want my money locked into it. Well, we're going to talk about how to unlock that in the future as well. So it can be something else besides your 401k, your Roth IRA the fixed annuities, these different things you should be doing out there. And maybe because of laws changing, estate planning laws possibly changing, taxes going up, what else can we do to help get an edge? All right, that's going to about do it for today's show. Thanks for hanging out with us and learning a lot about some of these sweet loopholes that are built into the 529 plans. I want to remind you, you have a complimentary download waiting for you on this topic. Go to gregoryricks.com slash podcast 56. It's episode 56. So it's gregoryricks.com slash podcast 56. Yeah, if you're needing help on something like investment planning, estate planning, you know, the guided planning system that we do is uh, income planning. Just start with a 15-minute conversation, 504-832-9200, gregoryricks.com. Gregory Ricks and Associates is an independent financial services firm that utilizes a variety of investment and insurance products. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management, Gregory Ricks and Associates, W.J. Blanchard Law, LLC, J. Heath and Company, and Mortgage Gumbo are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. Annuities are insurance contracts designed for retirement or other long-term needs. They provide guarantees of principal and credited interest subject to surrender charges. Annuity guarantees and protections are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurer. Hypothetical examples have been provided for illustrative purposes only. It does not represent a real-life scenario and should not be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. Gregory Ricks and Associates is not permitted to offer and no statement made during the show shall constitute legal or tax advice. Our firm is not affiliated or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Gregory Rickson Associates. Neither AE Wealth Management nor advisors providing investment advisory services through AE Wealth Management recommend or facilitate the buying or selling of cryptocurrencies. We are Winning at Life with Gregory Ricks.